our yellow official um, shirts and everything. And uh, there was, we have, we have security cameras now. And I uh, um, did not realize I was being recorded during Duck, Duck, Goose. I'm, 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 I, you know, there's, there's a hair bit of a competitive streak um, in, in me, and, and uh, um, one, uh, Owen Mast, uh, he was, he was, you know, goosed, is that Duck Duck, or Judah, I'm sorry, uh, and it was Judah, he was back in town, and so I, I, I hit him, and I'm, and I'm running, I'm running, and I got to get around because because uh, the, he's gaining, he's gaining on me, <laughs> and uh, and then there's another 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 little little boy. I think uh, who was it? Was it one of the daily kids? And I and I gently, <laughs> gently, <laughs> gently moved him to the side so I could get into my my spot and sit down. And evidently, my gentle is a little bit different, and, and he wiped out, and it was on video, and they've threatened to uh, use that. I don't know. So anyway, it is fun. It's a blast, and it's fun, uh, um, you know, praying with the kids and hearing their prayer. Sometimes it's just exciting. Sometimes it breaks your heart, the things that they, you know, write on the chalkboard as far as prayer requests. Uh, uh, God is doing, doing some really good things um, with our kids, and... Uh, um, hey, I want just one other thing. It, I felt like I needed to do this. It's it's uh, sometimes it's awkward for me to come up and to thank um, thank people for for giving to me because then it it brings attention again to myself and I'd rather just kind of like move on from that. Um, but there's been not only this month with it uh, specifically being Pastor Appreciation Month, but then with the Israel trip, I'm just like it's almost embarrassing a little bit. Um, seeing those gifts come in, and I, but I, can I just say thank you, um, not to, not to make somebody that hasn't given feel bad, but, but just uh, you guys, there's been, there's been uh, um, ministry groups that have, uh, that have taken upon themselves to give to the pastors, whether it be meals, or whether it be financially or things, and then, and then obviously the Israel trip, I just, can I just say how much I, I appreciate you guys, I thank you so much for, for all of that stuff, and uh, give your, give yourself a, a round of applause, I guess. So we are, uh, we're, we're in a Discover Track series, and if you've been a part of our church, this is, you've, you've heard us talk about Discover Track, and normally Discover Track happens um, during our service um, out over in the conference room, and we have Discover Track facilitators that uh, they, they push play on the DVD, and, uh, and I come up on the screen, and people get to sit there and watch uh, Pastor Jonathan share his heart about these four areas that, we're, that we've uh, been talking about. We're in, we're in week three now. We decided that that um, instead of of doing that, we were going to push pause on that during the month of October and then next week and the first week of November and bring it all in here to give as many of you uh, an opportunity to hear the heart of Discover Track. And uh, the good news is is that if if you want this to count as your Discover Track, maybe you've never gone through Discover Track and you want this to count today, then you can just wait and right afterwards for we're going to just take an extra ten minutes 
and you can, uh, we'll show you how to make that, that count. There's a few things we'll pass out for this lesson like we did last week and the week before um, and you can kind of fill out a card and let us know, hey, we want this to count. Um, but regardless of that, you may, you may, this may be your first Sunday with us and you're like, Discover Track, what? And what did I get myself into? And I'm not signing up for anything and whatever, wherever you've come from on your journey, uh, each, of these, uh, each of these messages, I believe, stand alone. And today you're going you're gonna to see that today is um, Discover Track Step 3, Discover Your Leadership. And the moment I say discover your leadership, somebody out there says, man, I, I, I should have come next week or should have came last week. I'm not a leader. What is this whole thing about? He's, he's up there talking about leadership. I didn't sign up for a leadership class, you know. And, and I want, I want to tell, tell you in just a couple minutes when we get into this, I think by the time that you leave today, every single one of you would say, okay. Uh, yeah, I am a leader, um, even if you don't feel, feel that right now. Um, and, uh, and so uh, this is what I want to do is I want to just, just quickly recap that uh, kind of always connecting the things that we share to our overall mission. Our mission is, is quite simple in this church, that we, we have a desire to develop fully transformed followers of Jesus Christ. Just simple like that. And I mean, there's a whole lot more that, that goes into that. But simply, if we could accomplish that, if at the end of the day or, or by the time I die, you know, if we could say we were part of developing fully transformed followers of Jesus, I think we did a good job. Wouldn't you think? You know, it, even if you looked at yourself and you said, you know what, like I want to be fully transformed. I want to be on that journey to look more like Jesus tomorrow than I, than I look like today. I want to be, I want, I, I'm free, but I want to be more free. I'm healed, but I want to be more healed. That's what that statement's all about. And how do we do that? We do that uh, with three steps, basically, in this church. You come into our church doors, and you'll see encounter, grow, release. And that's going to be right, right there. And, and, and that's, that's right on the wall. And you hear that and you hear us say that. And if this is your first time, encounter, grow, release. Uh, it, we want people to encounter the presence of God, grow in their walk with God, and release their gifts from God. And I believe that someone that is a fully transformed follower of Jesus Christ is doing that at some level. And so we, we walked that out in our church by uh, Sunday mornings and some other, some other um, time slots is kind of our encounter time. It's, it's going to be worship. It's going to be the word. There's going to be revelation. You're going to say, man, I think I, I feel like I got closer to God in that moment. And, and sense, our goal is that you would sense his presence and, and feel him and feel him draw near. And, and then we've got our grow uh, part of our vision that that's part of what you're doing right now is discover track. Discover track's part of that. And connect groups and a shameless plug for connect groups. I think the Killing Kryptonite is, is winding down. I think maybe they got one more lesson and then all the groups are gonna spring back up and do their own little little ones, some women's groups, men's groups. I think the worship and media team have a group. There's a general, get, get involved in connect groups. Like it'll save your life, I think, uh, next to Jesus. Connect groups are that important. And then we've got, we've got release your gifts from God. If you were here last week, you, you heard us talk about, about gifts and, and that, that God has, has given each and every one of us a divine enablement. Um, and, uh, and 
it doesn't matter what it is that if God gave it to you as a gift it's a supernatural divine enablement and uh, if you stayed at the end last week there was some spiritual gift inventory and a personality test and all of that hopefully you're on this journey where you're discovering freedom and you're finding purpose and then today discover your leadership first peter 4 verse 10 says god has given each of you a gift we talked about that last week from his great variety of spiritual gifts for what to use them well to serve one another you know this this topic of leadership um it, like i said it can it can feel like man i i don't measure up like i'm not I'm not a leader. Pick somebody else. You know, you know if, if, if there's assignments handed out, you're going to be like, put your head down and, and let, let them pass over me. Skip, skip to the next person. And, and yet, I'm here to tell you today that God has called each of you. If you still have breath in this room, if you're listening to this, every person at the sound of my voice, God has called you. He wants you. He's chosen you to be on his team. He doesn't want you to be on the sideline. See, he wants you to be in the game. There, there's a reason. I said last week, there's a reason why you were born to live at this time in history, and you weren't born to live 50 years ago or 50 years from now. You were born to live right now. There's purpose, and there's plan for you, um, and, and yet some of us, we sit there and we're like, man, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not ready yet. I think God, maybe God's still working on me or, or I don't feel qualified. You don't have to raise your hand, but does anybody just not feel qualified to be a leader? I don't feel qualified. We, or we look for reasons to disqualify ourselves. And we go, well, here's the whole list. <laughs> this, is why, this is why I don't measure up. We, we know ourselves better than, better than they know ourselves. And, and we just say, you know what? I'm just not, just not qualified. I think a lot of it has to do with people having the wrong definition of leadership. It's, it's in your Discover Trek book if you're following along. I think we also put it up here on the screen. And uh, Watch this. Leadership is influence. You've probably heard that. You've probably heard somebody somewhere down the line and, and uh, quote that, that leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. It's about influencing others in a worthwhile cause. It's not dependent on titles or positions. It is dependent on people discovering their gifts and passions and then using them to make a difference in the lives of others. I think that if we can take that definition, that if you're making the di a difference in one other person, if you're influencing even one other person, it might be in your home, it might be your, your child, it might be somebody, just somebody in your life that you're rubbing off on, uh, off on and you're saying, I'm making a difference, and then you're a leader. Then you qualify. Then, then, then you can be a part of this class today. You're a leader. Um, there's a, lots of different different examples in scripture of people who felt like they didn't measure up uh you know there were there were people that uh that were stutterers and murderers like moses adulterers like david he was also a murderer noah um he was a he was a drunk and you, you go down the list, and, and we, could, we could look at, at people even in Jesus' lineage that were prostitutes. That we could, I mean, there's, just, there, there's a bunch of messed up people in the Bible. And this is what I think about that. Um, if, if some of those people that I mentioned, if they, if they were here today, some of them, like, we'd say, 
like you wouldn't get to come to our church <laughs> right if you're talking about just church in general right we'd be we'd be thinking oh we're gonna let the murderer in here we're gonna let the adulterer in here you know, I look at some of these heroes of the faith that we, that we look at and we quote the, their stories and we talk about it and we, the, the kids can come home. My daughter comes home and tells me the whole thing about Noah. And, and, but some of those same struggles. And, and if we did allow them in our, in our church, you can, you can come. You're not going to be uh, this or this or that. You're, right. And I just wanted to just let us know that we're, we're all broken. We're all broken. And, and the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And God's desire is to come close and heal and, and set free and do miracles where we think it's impossible. And for you to be able to, to say, man, th- this, this used to be my story. It's not anymore. This used to be the, like, that's his plan for you and for me. Uh, if you hang on for a minute, hopefully you can start to see that, that a lot of these people that we, that we w- w- would, would want to emulate because we hear their stories, man, if you really knew, like, they're just like you, and they're just like me. I think that gives us hope. There's a guy in the Bible most of you are familiar with. Everyone say, Moses. Moses. Let my people go. Right? He's that guy. Moses... Um, uh, I, 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 oh, I don't know, a few months ago, I just kind of took my time through the book of Exodus and had just a lot of just great time studying Moses. And, and we pick up Moses' life. You know, he, um, he's, kinda, he's one of the, the great examples of this topic of, of disqualifying himself and making poor choices and finally ending up in this spot where he's just like, yeah, I, uh, like, I don't think that you want to pick me, God. And so this, if you've ever said that, um, let's, let's, let's look at Moses. He had a horrible view of himself. He, uh, he was raised in uh, Pharaoh's house. He was raised as royalty, but he, uh, he was kind of adopted into that family. And, and uh, his, uh, his family, his heritage were the Israelites who were slaves. And so he was, he was in Pharaoh's house, but his, his true identity was, was with the Israelites, and they were slaves. And one day, one of, his, one of the Israelites was being beaten, and Moses thought, you know, not on my watch is this guy going to be beaten. And so he went to go kind of save the day and ended up murdering uh, this Egyptian and uh, and kind of take it, and so I mean, I guess you could kind of somehow justify, well, all right, well, you know, I, this was just, this was a just cause, this guy was being beaten, but however way you explain that, um, Moses ran for his life. I mean, he knew, I, I, I'm not welcome here anymore, and you think about this, this is where he grew up, this is everything he knew, this was his home, it was, it was Pharaoh's home, and it was, and it was his lineage of Israel, they were being slaves, like, like, he wasn't welcome in either camp, <laughs> and he ran, and he ran, and he found, found safety and refuge in, in the land of Midian, and, uh, and 40 years later, man life has moved on anybody remember 40 years ago <laughs> like it's different <laughs> life has moved on uh, 
He's, he's married, probably has kids, he's working uh, a, a business, he's, he's doing, doing way different than he had done before. The, like this is, this is a, new, a new life, a new set of circumstances, and he's just minding his own business, working the land, working, tending sheep, all of this stuff, and God decides to get his attention. 40 years later, 40 years later, he's probably about 80 years old, at this time any of you disqualified yourself because of age anybody disqualified themselves because of poor choices and past any of you just said this is just the way it's always going to be and Moses is just walking with the sheep doing what what sheep people do I don't, I don't even I'm trying to trying to act like I'm smart here making stuff up and uh then there's this bush that some of you have heard about the story it's it's on fire but it's not burning up and there's a voice that comes out of it and that would freak the best of us like what's going on and this voice comes out and in this this moment there's god starts he says i am god my name is i am he says this ground that you're standing on is holy ground moses knew enough to just say oh i I believe you dropped to his knees took his sandals off and 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 he's in the presence of the almighty god and our story picks up because now god is trying to change the script he's trying to flip the story He's trying to say, Moses, if you, if you believe me, if you walk with me, like we can rewrite this whole thing. And people are going to know you, not for what happened 40 years ago, but they're going to know you. When you think of Moses, what do you think about? You don't think about that 40 years prior. You think about the man who stuck the rod up in the air and the sea parted. <laughs> You think about the man that stood on the mountain and, and, and got the, the words that were, that were by the finger of God written on stone tablets. <laughs> and our, our Father God tried right here in this moment to rewrite Moses' story if Moses would come into agreement with it. So God says, hey, here's this, here's this plan that I have. I've heard the cry of my people Israel. And, and they are being oppressed. I would really like to go set them free. I'd like to take them from where they are in Egypt, and I'd like to take them to a land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land, and you're my guy. I, would you go to Egypt would you would you speak to my people would you speak to to pharaoh and now all of a sudden like moses's heart starts racing his palms start to sweat he's remembering where he came from you're wanting me to go back to that place of failure you want to go back to that place of insecurity you want me to go back to to everything that i had intentionally forgotten i had just kind of swept under the rug i'll tell you what you if if you if you think it's in the past but it's affecting your present. It's not in the past. It's in the present. And so he's, he's in that quandary right now, the voice of God. And God says, I want you to be the man. And this is what Moses says. He says, he says who am I? Who am I? Exodus chapter 3, verse 9 
and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? Any of you ever said that? <laughs> I, I've, I've said that. Man, I, re, I, remember, I remember times. I remember times growing up because I... Um, I just never was the, 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 like, I was never the straight A student. Um, I was, things didn't come easy, like sports didn't come easy, you know, I, I'm, I'm tall, and so they always assumed that I played basketball, you know what I mean, and, and uh, you know, and, and, and they'd say, well, oh, do you play basketball? I'm like, I'm like, no, do you play miniature golf? I mean, you know, and, I mean, so th- this is, that was kind of my, my th- I tried out for sports, and, and I was cut from sports teams, and I, you know, and I didn't want to play football because I didn't want to get broken, and I mean, there's all of that, and I even, I, the, the thing that I did excel in, in, in drama and theater, it, it was a lot of work, so even the things that I, that I won awards for, like, it was like staying after class, and coming late, and working with the teacher, and I mean, it, memorization didn't come easy, and all of this, I'm just like, like, it just, could someone, could someone, like, like for the love, <laughs> please, and then you've got these other, you, you know, if you're the one that, uh, like didn't have to study for tests and you got straight A's like none of us like you we just want you to know that right now <laughs> no I'm just joking but that was you know like that was kind of my lot my my lot in life so to speak and and uh, um and and so I was I would think about about some of that and 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 think about that that you know I, I always felt like even as I would grow up and, and go be into ministry, some, some of you have heard me say that I always felt like I was just the young person in the room. Like I, like I, I felt really small. And even if I wasn't, I still felt like, like man, I don't know that I have a whole lot to offer. Now, now one, of, one, of my, one of our elders, I was telling one of our elders that one time, and they said, well, someday you'll, uh, you will be the oldest one in the room. I just want you to know that. I'm like, all right, okay. I guess logic and reason, yeah, you're right, you're right. But I've kind of just felt like that. Those have been the lies. Those have been kind of the things that I've had to push against, the, the, the insecurities. Who am I? That word that you can fill in the blank if you're following along in your Discover Track book is insecurities. I had to fight those things. I sometimes still have to fight those things of, of who am I? Who am I? Feeling inferior to other people. Uh, my, I've told some of you before, like even my education wasn't traditional. You know, so, sometimes people say, so what seminary did you go to? And, you know, and uh, do you have your master's or doctorate? I mean, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then in my, my heart, I want to start making some stuff up. And I, I realized like my journey was just a little bit more non-traditional. And, and graduating from in-state Bible college, it was ex- uh, distance learning and interning at churches. And I remember when I was, when I was young, not that we're not supposed to put the work in and, and, and get education when we need education, but I remember that there was, a, there was a time, oh, I was probably about 20 years old, and I just, I clear as day, just remember the Lord speaking to my heart and saying, um, I'm your credibility. I was like, all right, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. But that doesn't mean that there hasn't been those, those uh, lies that I've had to fight uh, every step of the way. This is, oh, wait a minute, oh, oh, you're the one that promotes. Oh, oh, you're the one that, 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 that gives me credit. Man, any of you ever feel like that? So who am I? And, and the, the, the passage goes on, and, and in verse 12, uh, then God says, and, and I will be with you. 
I like this because God um, didn't even answer Moses' question. It's like he ignored it. Moses is like, well, who am I? Tell me. Give me the list. Tell me. You know, he's like he challenges him. You know, uh, evidently you're God and you've thought about this. So who am, who am I? And God says, I'll be with you. In other words, it's not about who you are. It's about who I am. Some of you need to hear that. Because you, you agree with the first part. <laughs> Who am I? And God's like, hey, let's not even, could we just, uh, let's not even talk about that. We're not even gonna answer that. We're, we're, we're just gonna move right past that to the, the, the one that qualifies. The one that, that can take all the junk, all the past, everything that Egypt represents, and, and we can go, deleted. And he says, he says if, if you let me go with you, that's all you need. I'm not asking you to do anything beyond what I can equip you and empower you to do. He says, he says, I'll be with you. Man, we think, I mean, wouldn't you, in that moment, and this is the point in the story, like if you're watching the movies, right, this is the point where, where the music crescendos and the bush is burning and the voice of God and I will be with you, and this is the part where we assume Moses says, sign me up. Let's do this. Let's pick up the staff. Let's go. Where's the army? And that's not it. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. The uh, story goes on and in the first verse of Exodus. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? And that's the second part. You know, if we can move past the who am I, then the next part is, is that fear sets in. That's the word you can put in your blank if, you, if you're taking notes. Is, it's fear. Who am I? Okay, we settled that. Okay, it, it's all about you. It's not about me. However, can, he, he, he went back with a little bit more to God. And he's like, okay, you know, God's given him his marching orders. Who am I? God answers, I'm going to be with you. Now it's, okay, well, 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 what about them? What are they going to say when I get there? Am I going to, you know, whether it be the Israelites, whether it be the Egyptians, when I open my mouth, what about them? What about, the, man, this, is, this has been an area for me too. Man, at the very least, in preparation for this and this class and all of that, I get to say, oh, all right, well, thank you, God, for what you're doing in my life. So if this isn't for anyone else, it's for me. And so, man, and I, I think about, about what if they? I've, I've struggled with this probably, probably my whole life. They're, uh, if not weekly or daily, man, it's, it's like where I have to consciously say, uh, man, it's not, not their voice that's the most important. It's his voice. It, it, it really doesn't matter at some level. It doesn't matter about what they think. It matters about what you think. I mean, even, even some, some people ask, I've had people sit down with me and just ask about, about um, preaching and teaching and all of that. Hey, do you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, like, do you get, like, like, like is, it, is, it, is it easy? I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know that it's easy. And like, like, do you get, do you ever, like, get butterflies? Or, like, every Sunday. Absolutely. And some of that, some of that's good because I'm just like, like I'm sitting here in the in this chair every Sunday, and I'm like, oh God. Uh, 
I need you. There's some talent that I have. There's some some giftedness in there. But, uh, I mean, what about they? And what about this? And every, man, almost every Sunday, it's, it's, oh, you're with me. Okay. Oh, you're with me. What if they, what about you? Did, have you ever, I mean, is it just me or have you ever thought about other people, the voice of other people? And God's asking you to do something and yeah, I would totally do it if they <laughs> didn't say anything to me ever. I, I like, I like the, the, the question of, you know, if you had unlimited resources and it was impossible to fail, I like this part, and no one would criticize you, what would you do? Where would you go? How much money would you give away? Where would you be living? What would you, that, that last part, it's like, if I had unlimited resources, it was impossible to fail, but everybody would criticize me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Like God wants to free us from that. Some of you, that resonates right now. And, you, and the thing that's keeping you from destiny, not heaven, but here on earth, being everything that God's called you to be is fear. And he's saying, I'm going to be with you. The story goes on, and you mean, uh, uh, you know, God's, God's, you know, he decided, okay, I'm going to answer this. He's, all, he's, he's, I'm surprised that God hasn't rebuked him yet. This is almighty God. This is holy ground God. My name is, is I am. And, and Moses says, well, well, what about them? And, and what am I going to say? What if they don't believe me? And, and God goes through here, and he, he gives them like, like three miracles, like, like the, the rod turning into a snake. I think there was like a hand turning into leprosy. I mean, there was, a, and, and right, he's like, so if they don't believe you, try this. Wouldn't you guys, wouldn't that be, be wouldn't, would that settle the discussion for some of you in here? If God said, if they don't believe you, just throw your pencil down and it'll become a snake. Right? If they don't believe you, just do one of these. Leprosy, clean. Like, I, I think that would work, not for Moses. Not for Moses. God gets done sharing all of, of the ways he's going to be with him, the miracles that were going to come through him. And Moses says in verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, pardon <laughs> your servant. Uh, uh, Lord, uh, I have never been eloquent. Neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And We're not going to get into all that. I, there, there's all kinds of thoughts about, about it, was this a speech impediment? Or was this fear and all of this? I don't, I, I don't know. And um, I, can, I have my, my thoughts. But, but the interesting thing here that just sticks out to me is Moses says, I have never. I have never. In other words, it was the inadequacy. Like, you're asking me to do something that I have never. I have never got up and spoke in front of people. I've never been in, in Pharaoh's court and, and, and waxed eloquently. I have never. You're wanting me to go. I, I imagine him thinking, um, you want, I've never like really led anybody. And now you're wanting me to go and lead two million people out of Egypt? Like, I've never. Any of you just just disqualified yourself because you said I've never I, I think this is like the place that God is famous for 
He's famous for, for calling us in, into something that we have never done before. So this, this is a hurdle for the best of us because God, at some point in your life, he will say, this is what I want you to do. And if you can get through who am I and what if they, you're gonna come to this place and you're gonna say, but I have never. And I want you to know today, like, that's what he likes to use. He likes to use people who have never so that he can be strong in their weakness so he can get credit instead of you. So, so it's not, it, he's gonna gift you, but it's not about your giftedness, it's about him. He's gonna empower you. It's not about your power, it's about him. He wants us to get to this place where we say, I, I have never done, done that. In fact, there may be something, whether it be in this church or in this city or in, in your home or in your workplace, and you just think, oh, I have, I have never. And God says, aha, that's exactly who I want to use. That's exactly what I want to do. I mean, I think of, of Daniel, that God supernaturally downloads. If you read in the book of Daniel, he supernaturally got downloaded like like intellect and smarts and book smarts science and and philosophy and all this it was like like one moment he didn't have it the next moment he did have it anybody would you like to have that yeah come on two three four absolutely because it makes us dependent on him i think when we ever get to that place where we can just do it that's a scary place to be in our walk with god the moment that I'm sitting there and, and I think, I got this. <laughs> Man, isn't that scary? That has to be. At some level, that has to make you just think, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, would you take me into that place that I have never because I need to rely on you. It reveals our, our inadequacy, and that's a good place to feel like I can't do this without you, God. And then lastly, you use someone else. Now, I'm, I'm shocked at Moses at this point, but I guarantee you, like we've all done this, but God, God calls him. He lays out the game plan. I'm going to send you to, to Egypt. You, we're going we're gonna to lead the children of Israel out. I, I, and, and, then, and then Moses continues, and then, and then it's, it's, it addresses the fear issues, and here's the miracles I'm going to do through you, and the hand, and the rod, and all of that stuff, and, and, and we move on, and, and I have never, and he's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be with you, and, and all of this, and, and, and God's like, you know, I'm the one that gives speech, and I'm the one that does this, and, and we get through all of that, and you'd think Moses would be like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. No, he says, would you use somebody else? Now, at this point, you would think God would say, okay. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think at this point, God would say, you know what? I've listened to you. We've tried this, and I'm moving on to somebody else. And God, he still says, no, no, you're my man. You're my man, Moses. This is that represents that reluctance, if you're filling in the blank. This is where, where we're just, after everything's done, I still, I, I know it makes sense on paper. I know it makes sense on an Excel spreadsheet. It all, like, works out, but there is still something inside me that just says, no, I'm not the right guy for the job. And this is where Exodus 4, verse 13, but Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. 
I want, um, I want to convince some of you this morning to take the next step. I don't know what that looks like for you, but um, some of you at the beginning, when I said that you're all leaders, some of you in your heart, you laughed, and I, I think God's wanting you to, to just realize that you are, that you're a leader, that he's got call on your life. And when I say, when I say calling, um, the de- see, the devil's gonna try to keep you from your calling because if, like I say all the time, if you knew who you really were in Christ, you'd be dangerous. And the devil knows is that if you became fully alive and fully awake to the things that God wants to do in you, like, like the, the world would be set on fire for the Lord. And, and God, God knows his plans. The devil also has an idea of what God's called you to do. Your call, that's the, that's, it's kind of like we see here in Moses where God kind of says, hey, this is the assignment this is, this is like why I put you on this planet, your call. Um, the devil's gonna try to keep us. He usually uses two things. There's probably all kinds of strategy, but there's usually two things that keep us from the call. And it's either our problems or our possessions. And our problems is kind of like Moses right here, right? Where, where he's going down the list of all of my problems, all of the things that disqualify me. The timing isn't right. The, my giftedness isn't right. My insecurities, my failures, all of this stuff. I don't have the right talent. I don't have the right gift set. All of this, it's my problems. Maybe if you, maybe if you come to me when I get it all, all together, when, when, when I've got this all fixed, then come back to me. Sometimes it's our problems. And some of you in this room, that resonates with you you're like yeah you're right the thing that's kept me from everything that God wants me to be is my problems I'll tell you what the devil knows that and that's where we come and we just lay that down before the Lord and we say God I know it it sounds like you're calling me and everything inside me wants to run everything inside me wants to just say uh, use somebody else because I can see my problems right in front of my face you know the other thing is possessions because on the other side what I have, it might be material wealth, it, it, it might, be, might be something, it might be friends and family, it, it might be career, it could be the money in your bank account or the, the things that you have. A lot, oftentimes the possessions, like God comes just like this to Moses and you say, oh, that's so inconvenient. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, man, I would totally do that, but then I, that might mean I lose all of this. That might mean, I, that might mean my, my friends and my family. That might mean that, that less income or less this. or It's going to hurt more. Like I, I've, I've spent my whole life to achieve this, this status, this amount, this whatever. And, and so you see on these two sides, oftentimes what the devil's going to use in you to keep you from your calling is your problem or your possessions. You know the two places that um, we have to learn how to trust God the most is when everything is bad or when everything is good a lot of times we think man if i had more if everything changed if it was this if there was this much more in the account if there's this much more friends if it wasn't this then i would trust god Uh, man that's a hard place because when i have enough in my mind i don't need to trust god anymore And, and it's both sides but you know, when I don't have enough, am I trusting God or am I trusting myself? Like, oftentimes it's like, well, well, I need to fix it. I gotta figure, I gotta dig myself out of this one. I gotta, I gotta work harder, I gotta do more, I gotta, you know, whatever it might be. And those are the two sides that'll keep you from your calling. Can I tell you this? That if you don't, 
If you don't know Jesus in this room, if you were to say, Pastor Jonathan, if, uh, if, if I were to die today, I really don't know if I were to go to heaven. Uh, I haven't made, if you haven't made him Lord of your life, meaning he's in charge and you're not, if you don't know Jesus, then your whole life is about finding Jesus. That's your calling right now. If you don't know Jesus, your whole life is about finding him. Now, now if you're in this room and you know Jesus, you say, Pastor Jonathan, like, he's my Lord, he's my Savior, I found him, here's my story. If you know Jesus, well, then your whole life is about making a difference for Jesus. That's your calling. It's going to look different for each person. It's one of those. You're either on a journey to find him or you're on a journey to make a difference for him. 1 Peter 2.9, as we're closing here, it says this, but you are a chosen generation. You're chosen you and me he chose you i like what what the gospel of john says he says i did, you did not choose me i chose you and some of us feel like we chose him and at some level we did but I'll tell you the bigger story is that god chose you a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people why that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light can we stand this morning as we get ready to transition here, I'm going to give you some instructions here in a minute. I'll tell you what, some, some of this resonated with you. Some of this, as you're, as you're sitting there and you're listening to God's word and you're hearing me share, some of you are like, you know what, I need God to do something um, brand new in my heart today. And there's going to be two opportunities. One is, you may leave here in just a minute when, when, I, when I pray, and you might want to leave and go right over into our youth room today. We have prayer teams over there that are going to pray with you. They're going to help you find freedom and discover purpose. And pray with you on that. And you may say, Pastor Jonathan, I'd like to make today count as discover track, step three, discover my leadership. And you might want to stay here for another 10 minutes. And then after that, I, uh, do, are you guys still going to be there for prayer? They're going to still be there. They told me, it's official. If you wanted to do, finish, finish this portion and then go over there and get some prayer, I'd encourage you to do that. And I want to pray over you. And we're going to do like a 90 second turnaround. If you haven't done Discover Track or haven't done Step 3, I encourage you to stay. You don't have to. I encourage you to stay, though. If you've already done it, you're welcome to leave. And I'm going to have you stand because it's a lot less awkward for people to get out of the aisle and get out of here. Can we pray? Can we transition? And I'm going to give you, if you just give me 10 more minutes, I'll tell you how to make this one count as Step 3. Jesus, right now. Lord, even before service, as I've been praying through this sermon and as the prayer team, I was with the prayer team, and, and Lord, we know that there are people today that absolutely need to realize that you're the one that calls and you're the one that qualifies and that regardless of all of this, the problems or possessions, I want to answer the call. Lord, if you're calling those people, if you're, if you're pricking those hearts, Lord, I ask that you would now give courage to take the next step to find freedom and to discover purpose and to make a difference. Lord, all over this room, from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet to the tips of our fingers, Lord, would you encounter us in a fresh way today? May we not leave the same way we came in. And it's because of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen, amen. In about 90 seconds, I'm gonna start this last little portion to make today count and uh, if you need to leave, you can leave.
Jesus. I also just wanted to let you know that if you missed any of the last two weeks, you can go on the website and listen to those. And then if you want to make it count as Discover Track, you can just set up a time with one of the pastors or our Discover Track facilitators and, and get some extra information to make that count. And uh, so this is what we're going to do. I um, just want to hand out a few things. Um, I, think do, I think our ushers have some, some paper in the back. Is that right, Mike? Is that on the floor right there? Um, yeah, yeah, there we go. I think there's some some stuff there and then in your and then in your packet so what I wanted to share about this this leadership honor code as you turn to the appendix here is um, when when you read this right off the bat a lot of times I know how I how I read it I'm like oh man I could never live up to that like I could never like, like we just got done saying I could never right you know like I, I look sometimes you look at at this leadership honor code and you're like oh that is like that's so restrictive and it, and it feels like I could never and what I want you to know is like this this is like the standard this is the goal and if and if I could like set it as a goal that that Lord this is what I want to do this is this is where I want to be and you you set your heart and your mind towards that and let him be the standard we don't want to have a lesser standard than him does that make sense however there's a any of you think you might you might mess up every once in a while you you there, there's a way what do we do when we mess up we come back to Jesus instead of running from him like like Moses did we come back to him and we just say okay God like like I, I give you my failure once again I lay it down before you let uh, it's called repentance it's called just saying God uh, like I've been I've been doing it my own way and I want to and I want to move towards you would you forgive me and as you read through there's going to be things that that this is going to ask you as a leader in our church if you choose to, to be a leader, if you choose to, to, uh, to serve and all of these things, there's going to be things that we, that we want. You can see some of the examples there. Like, like we'd rather you not use profanity like, like when you're, when you're like serving in our children's ministry. You know what I'm saying? Like we said, could you, could you refrain from that? Could you do it at home and not here, right? You know, uh, maybe, maybe not at home. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a list there. And because we say, well, these are just kind of a short list. This, this last one really kind of sums it up. It just says, all behaviors which might cause Christ to grieve and others to stumble. I think you got a, a, a loose leaf one that in a minute, I'm going to ask you to do a couple things. One is, um, I'll have you fill out your Discover Trek card and turn that in uh, to an usher. I think there's a basket back there. You can just pop it in the basket. But then also, we'd like you to just take that next step. Um, if, if you are feeling that with the Lord and you prayed about it and you want to say, you know what, I've read this leadership honor code and I want to, I, I say, you know, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to shoot for. 
This is, what, this is the standard that I want to shoot for, knowing that there's grace and there's mercy and all of those things. I'd like you to sign that leadership honor code and also, also put that in the back. And um, before, I, there's a leader declaration, but if you go beyond that, there's also a couple things here. There's an abuse policy. Now, did we hand out an abuse policy, Mike? I, yeah, everyone's got that. So that's another thing. As you're, uh, as you're serving in any type of capacity, in our church, we really care about this being a safe place. We want it to be a safe place for our children, all the way up to our senior adults and everybody in between. We just want it to be a safe place. This, this kind of gives you um, a basic guideline. Now, in our policy and procedure manual, we've got a whole, like, I don't know how many pages of, of like, our policy on, on, like, sexual abuse and what we do. This is a basic thing that we're just saying uh, we'd like you to sign. We'd like you to sign that and say, I agree that this is going to be a safe place. Um, and so, so you can do that. So there's a leadership honor code, and there's an abuse policy there. And then as you keep going, now, some of you were here last week, or you've done um, step two before in the past, and, and you took your spiritual gift test, and you took your personality test, and you answered those passion questions about your life. And so we're getting ready. Next week is going to be discover your team. In other words, it, it's about me. It's just not all about me, right? And so next week, you get, to just, you get to realize that, hey, um, I get to be part of something bigger than just myself. And these are some ways, as you go through, there's a dream team description, and there's all kinds of different ways that you can be involved in this local body of believers. And you'll notice that as you read through that, there's some places that have an asterisk next to it. It either means that it's a functioning ministry, but we don't have a person there right now, or we've never done that and we'd like to do it. It gives you an idea. If there's an asterisk next to it, it means that you're the first person to sign up for this and we're gonna create something around you. I'd like, uh, I want us to go back, if you're willing, um, right before that abuse policy and right after the leadership honor code, there's what I, what we've called the leader declaration. And this is where I'm just kind of, I, I call it like activation. It's where I'm, I am, by word, I'm coming into agreement with, with really the, the, the sermon and the teaching that I just had. I'm also coming into agreement with some of this. And we're just saying, uh, I'm going to voice this out loud that, uh, that I believe this. I'll give you a second to look at that because some of you, you, know, you don't, <laughs> don't want to say something you don't believe, right? I'll give you a second to look at that. And then what I'm going to ask us to do is just out loud say this together. And then I want to pray for you, and then we'll be done. But what I want to do is I'm just going to be here. Some of you might have questions about your spiritual gift test or your personality test or things, and you want to just uh, ask um, some questions. What did this mean? How does that work? And all of this. Or you might have questions about dream team um, descriptions, and I'm going to stay here and, and uh, be able to help you with that. So if you're ready, I'd like us to out loud say this, and this is really, this is really fun. Make this fun, okay? Are you guys ready for this? Those of you that don't like, the, on page seven is your leader declaration. We're going to say this out loud. Those of you that, that, that love talking out loud, you're going to love this. Those of you are just like, oh my goodness. This is like the only time in your life you have to do this, all right? Here we go. Because God has called me to serve my generation, I will value worship over wealth, we over me, character over comfort, service over, over status and God's purposes over possessions, positions, popularity, and pleasure to serve my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I say, however, 
whenever, wherever, and whatever you ask me to do. My answer in advance is yes, wherever you lead and whatever the cost. I'm ready anytime, anywhere. I want to be used by you in such a way that on that final day, I'll hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in. And what? Let the eternal party begin. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of step three. I'm here for some questions. I encourage you to fill out that card and some of those papers and and put it in a basket on the way out. Love you guys.